Blog Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Y'all know what time it is. It is time for In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live on a Saturday night, December the 1st, 2018. I'm Dre, he's Jay, yep, December is here. We are back to full-time action in the NFL, all 16 games, uh, 15 games, one's already played on Thursday. We will have the picks for the remaining 15 coming up later on to start week 13 in the NFL and start off the month of December in NFL action. Uh, we got started on Thursday night with a game that wound up being much lower scoring than I think most people thought, much closer than certainly the point spread indicated. And in the end, I actually saw something totally correct. Had the Cowboys winning straight up over the Saints as uh, seven-point underdogs, busted up Jason's lock for the week. And Jason, uh, what did you take away from from that effort from the Cowboys and also from the Saints? Well, all I know is I turned off that game halfway through the fourth quarter because I, I mean, both ways the football were going down the field. I couldn't take the officiating anymore. I mean, it was a lot of missed It was call. painful. It was painful uh, watching headshots, face masks, phantom offsides, phantom holding, uh, phantom interference. It, the whole that was one of the worst prime time examples of, of, of bad officiating that I've ever seen. It was really bad. And it got to be about halfway through the fourth quarter. And it was a, you know, it was a close game, but just the, the way that that last drive just kept getting extended and extended for the Cowboys, it was excruciating to watch. So I was, I just, I had enough for, I knew I wasn't going to win the pick, but I, I, I couldn't take nothing makes me more agitated watching than when the, when the refs take over, and those refs took over. They made a lot of uh, decisions that influenced how that game was going to go. Um, it was your favorite missed ref call in the middle of that that I certainly made note of. The clear face mask on Dak Prescott that was just ignored. Uh, Been talking so that about that for years on mm-hmm. this show. Uh, that was in the middle of everything. Uh, they made it, they made good on it, though. They called Von Bell for pop popping them in the face on a third down blitz which yep. extended the drive for Dallas so they, they made up for it um, yet yeah, Randy Gregory had himself quite the night drawing different penalties uh, and, and he would have been cut from the team some of the stuff he was doing for me out there because that's yeah. just he, he could have lost that game very easily by himself yeah the, he, uh, had the, the, he had the roughing the kicker he had the, well, the, the, the lighting up in the neutral zone was, was bad call I mean, he was clearly the most forward of all the guys on the line, but he wasn't in the neutral zone, as far as I can see. You don't see. think so? I don't think so. It was, it was close. I think he, it was close. He might have had a finger close. across the ball there. <laughs> Maybe get a the, get the razor thin, yeah. super slow mo. Yeah, get, that's the, the kind referee of stuff, with the though. Card. Yeah. yeah, don't don't become the star of the show when you're the refs, and and then just to miss blatant calls the one on Camara 
which would have moved the ball down, I believe, to about the 20-yard line of Dallas with, yeah. you know, about eight minutes left to go in the game. Um, obvious missed call. Dude, you know, I mean, this is the stuff that there's – if that was a quarterback, that would have been, you know, you're out of the game. You're, you're Flag, fine, ejection. Um, you would have gotten the Kareem Hunt treatment if that would have been on a quarterback. Yeah, Jalen Smith drilling uh, Kamara could have been a steering yeah. flag. But, you know, honestly, the Zebras haven't fucked too much with those uh, penalties for hits to the head since about week five. So remember the beginning <laughs> the of the point season of was all the emphasis yeah. about it? Yeah. yeah. And they, they kind of like, let yeah. that start to, eh, you know, it's football. Yeah. They're going to hit each other hard. You know, Let them get concussed. It's okay. Right. So, Only yeah, so the, narrative, about it. the narrative coming out of that game that I just could not stomach also was um, – you know, how how legit the Cowboys are. They're not. And how now the Saints were just completely screwed because they could lose the number one seed. And if they don't have the number one seed, there's no way the Saints are going to the Super Bowl. And now they're doomed. Um, mm-hmm. No. Because no. there's no way they could go to L.A. and win. Yes. Yeah, they could. Yes, they could. They the, could. The, Rams, the Rams defense uh, isn't the greatest. And my so conclusion the is the experience isn't quite there yet for the Rams. Yeah. They can absolutely get had at home by a, a team oh, that's sure. got a lot more playoff experience, such as the Falcons last year and such as the yeah. Saints this year. Yeah, the overreaction to this game, probably because it was Dallas, um, was, was sure. so strong, you know. So, yeah, I, I actually stayed away from a lot of media on Friday because I did not want to hear all the cowboy love. I had to have it at work because of all the Cowboys fans, so I couldn't escape it, unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah, I, I didn't of, get it from the media. Out in the run-up to the game, you were part of a very vocal, I wouldn't even call it minority, that was calling for the Cowboys that were just going to outright win this game. There, there were a lot of people picking the Cowboys for this one, so the people must have yeah. figured the Saints were right for the picking here. And, and, you know, again, they've only lost two games all year. And now all right. of a sudden, you know, they're they're not Super Bowl contenders, and they're they're trash. They're toast. After, when, after after they've won ten in a row. Right. No, there was part part of it was the Saints were were ripe. They're kind of due. There was a little bit of that, but actually, it was mostly the way the Cowboys' young defense has played lately. I thought they would be keyed up for such a big spot for that primetime spot. Uh, I knew they'd run around the field and and really be there athletically uh, and, and present a challenge that the Saints probably haven't seen recently. Uh, they are really good. They got some young guys yeah. that are making a ton of plays. Just the opening uh, sequence, I won't get into the whole game, but the first drive for the Saints really like, whoa, this is a, this is a thing here. This Dallas defense because first Drew Brees target is for Keith Kirkwood. That's broken up by Anthony Brown. The second play is a target for Michael Thomas, broken up by Chidobi Awuzi, our name of the year candidate from last year, Awuzi. And the third down throw was Kamara way behind him and almost picked off. The yeah. Dallas defense couldn't have started much better. Uh, and they they really forced Breeze into that misthrow with the pressure. A lot so of pressure right, right up the middle. A lot of pressure right in his right face. Right in his face, yes. Pushing the, the, just pushing the – yeah. And it wasn't so much that they were rushing Breeze as they were basically just trying to push his lineman back into his lap. Right. And as Troy Aikman pointed out about yeah. 45 times, when you're a six-foot-tall yeah. quarterback, getting pressure up your face is, is really tough. 
Right. You know, when you actually, when you watch Breeze throw, it almost looks like he's trying to peek out of his face mask because he's almost trying to tiptoe when he's making some of these throws. Because, you know, he's not the tallest guy. Um, he's probably a very generous six foot. Um, as it always seems to be the case uh, with, with, with a lot of the measurements uh, when, when they give these guys like, toes. you know. Yeah, in, in cleats, on his tippy toes, mm-hmm. he's, he's six foot tall. But, no, yeah, not so, like I said, not so much trying to sack him. It really did look like they were just trying to drive the line right into his lap. And it, and it worked. Sack, now, he, didn't, he didn't get sacked a lot, but he got forced into a lot of bad throws. He's not the most mobile guy. Right, that's the thing. You, you're not going to get sacks all the time, but if you make him uncomfortable, you can yeah. make him make some throws that he doesn't want to make and, and some inaccurate throws, and that's absolutely what happened. The other part of the narrative for that win that I, uh, I'm i only imagining because I, I, I'm like you, I did not listen to oh, any talk shows away. or anything like that, is uh, I assume they were trying to praise Dak Prescott and say that he's arrived no. and he had a great game. And no. Whatnot, and he was half and half. He had some great yeah. throws and he also had yeah. some big misses. That was some, they scored some wide open points. points. They, they scored 13 <laughs> points. This, this isn't the, the kingmaker here for Dak Prescott. I just imagine that a lot of people were trying to paint that as, as such. But uh, yeah, well, the narrative before the, the game was, case. you know, he he was going to win this game and get the big contract now. That's, that's Jerry Jones, right? He's everything yeah. that any cowboy that does anything great. Oh, he's looking for some money. I'm going to give him some money because he's <laughs> oh, what a uh, douchebag. So yeah, yeah, but I I couldn't take the officiating anymore. So yeah, a lot of especially that fourth quarter, a lot of bad sequences, a lot of bad looks. You know, hey, I lost the pick. It happens. It Pressure's happens. A hundred. That's right. One hundred twenty-seven yards throwing for the whole game by Drew Brees. That is well, they, not. They've the, scored forty points with him doing that, though. <laughs> that's true, but that that's I, I didn't expect the Cowboys to do that on defense. I expected them to have a, a really nice game, but I did not expect that. So very impressive outing by the Dallas Cowboys yeah. uh, defense, and we'll see if they can keep that up in the future. But yeah, the Saints are not dead. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. Check some of the check some of the press after that game about all oh, the you know the Saints are toast. Basically, it's like no, 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 no. That, that's why you have to listen. That's also the problem with the Thursday game. It's the only game on. If that had just been a Sunday afternoon game, it wouldn't be getting anywhere near the the press that this is getting. It would basically just have been another regular season game, and hey, good one for the Cowboys, and it'd be part of the mix. But because you know it's the only game, and you got to talk about it all day on Friday, it, it, I think everything on Thursday gets amplified. I think that's part of it, but I think you said earlier was about the Cowboys and how much anything they do gets amplified nationwide for whatever reason. And I think that's, I think that's most of it. I think if this happened on on Sunday, it would still be getting amplified. It would be, it would just be the Monday morning shows and the, uh, you know, the the talk shows in the morning on ESPN and whatnot, that would be blowing up the Cowboys again. Uh, So I, I think you'll get a similar amount of press. But, uh, yeah, there's certainly something to it being the only show in town on Thursday. Uh, I don't know what to, to make of, of the, the Saints uh, breaking down like that offensively because it wasn't just Breeze. It was the, the running game didn't mm-hmm. find any room. Alvin Kamara was getting uh, stuffed. Uh, Mark Ingram was getting stuffed. There wasn't really anything going right for the Saints offensively. And I, like I said, I, I was impressed by the Cowboys D coming in, but 
that wasn't just the Cowboys D. That was sort of a whole breakdown of the offense by yeah. New Orleans. It was like one thing went wrong, and then another thing went wrong, and the whole thing just kind of came apart like that. I guess well, that, that the, can happen in know, one game, though. You're the big stack guy here. So was there anywhere in this run of the Saints? I mean, and I don't even know if the Cowboys are classified. I mean, are the, class, are the Cowboys classified by your metrics as, you know, elite? Oh, no. Um, okay. The 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 run defense is close to elite, actually. Uh, they're, they're only giving up 3.7 yards per carry coming in uh, to that game. But I still expected the Saints to get close to 100 yards on the ground because they've had so many explosive plays uh, in the run game. Even if you him Kamara in for five, six, seven runs, he still has, has found a way to get that one outside for mm-hmm. 40 and, and sort of blow everything up. Uh, and he didn't even get that much. So uh, maybe it's just a perfect game being played by the Cowboys uh, overall. Yeah, a lot of quick drives for the Saints. That was a lot of three and outs, a lot, a lot of short possessions. Yeah, uh, just a great game by Dallas. No I, I guess that's yeah. all you can put Cowboys, in. The Cowboys, the, the, the Saints never got, really got into any kind of a rhythm. Uh, even the one touchdown, that deep touchdown that Drew Brees threw, geez, there was like four defenders and two receivers, and he just happened to hit the farthest back guy on that 30-yard touchdown strike that he ended up throwing. That that even looked like it was more luck than anything. Well, uh, you need something. You, you need, yeah. They, they didn't have anything before that. <laughs> right. So, all right, so we're freestyling again. He may have pushed off as well, uh, Kirkwood. But Yes, he did. Uh, there's he did. another, back, back to the refereeing uh, uh, situation, <laughs> that was another part of it. That was one of the, yeah, that, that was one of the worst officiated games of the year. And and on both sides, this isn't one where I'm poo-pooing because, you know, I lost the pick and all oh, the refs screwed me. No, there, it was equal opportunity uh, screwage on both sides of the ball. And yet Breeze had two and a half minutes and 85 yards to yeah. tie that thing up after uh, Dallas and, and Dak turns it over with another bad fumble, the inexcusable lack of ball security. Uh, and Breeze responds by throwing way behind Kamara and getting picked off by Jordan Lewis. So it's just uh, one of those nights. It seemed like anything the Saints did, it, it was just going to go wrong no matter what they did. So good, good for the Cowboys and bad for the Saints. But it was only one game, like you said. Yeah, and and good for you and bad for me. But that's been the whole year. Well, uh, hopefully we can keep that going. I'm I'm certainly hoping yeah. so. So <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we decided to uh, not have a highlight game again uh, after we successfully finished the show last week. Actually, picking all the games during the live portion and not having to have it bleed into the after show. So we'll see how that works again this week. We're just going all fifteen down the line and see uh, how much time we give to some of these games. We should be done, and how much we give to the important games, which of course will be uh, a significant more amount of time than the uh, than the other picks, but. Yeah, we're going to freestyle and see how that works. Uh, we'll do that after I tell all of you that you're listening live to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. That's the only place to listen to the show live is that website, that URL, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. Um, our past shows are archived on the site. You can go search through that and look through the other 290 some odd shows that we've done in the six, year that we, six years that we've been doing this. Uh, you can also subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or any different number of podcasting apps and websites. Just search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast, and subscribe, and any show that we do after it's done will automatically be downloaded to you. Uh, communicate with the show via email, 
send that email to in much less detail at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre. Follow Jason on Twitter at IMLDJTG. Follow our pics on our blog. And the blog site is in much less detail.blogspot.com. And I will try to hold up my excellent season so far of picking, where I'm up to second on the pick watch site on the fan side. And I believe seventh uh, on the uh, covers.com handicapping contest. And hopefully do not blow it this week. Was This it, this week scares me. This uh, Some of these spreads are like, whoa. I, uh, some of these favorites are being favored by a lot. So I, I got quite a few more underdogs than I thought I was going to have, uh, including what my lock wound up being, which surprised even me when I made the pick. But we will get to those picks and see how well that works out for me. So uh, did, uh, what did you think of the week when you made your picks? Is it uh, you, you look at some of these favors and go, I don't know about that. This is going to be one of those weeks that should ultimately really scare you because I got home from work tonight. We have a snowstorm here right now. So I got home from work, had dinner, uh, played with the kids, did a bunch of stuff. And I made my picks like in the last five minutes before the show. Oh, no, a lot of just becauses. A lot of just feel picks this week for me. I hope I have a lot of them in common is all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, those are the weeks that scare you when I have like no research. Yeah. That's one of those weeks. Yeah, I installed a new thermostat tonight too. Ooh, exciting. I got one of those I got one of those, you know, like smart ones for the house. Oh yeah. yeah. Thermostats. Yeah, I got one of those and installed that and Trini Trini helped me put that in. She, she assisted you? Well, she she held the thing on the wall while I drilled it in. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that's something. That counts for helping. Those, those, those kids of mine, they get super excited when Dad asks them to help them do adult stuff. So. <laughs> it's a big well, deal, good. right? Yeah, the, the cute factor, even just describing her being cute, and, and I can just imagine her holding the thing up to the wall and saying, yay, I'm helping Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that exaggerated, but that's probably the feeling. <laughs> All right, on to week 13 in the NFL. Just going straight down the list and starting up at the top with Atlanta and Baltimore. Ravens coming in at 6-5. and five. Lamar Jackson once again back under center. I guess he is going to be the man, Joe Flacco, I think. Uh, maybe one of those situations where he could play if they really wanted him to, but instead they're going, you know what? Go sit on the sit on the yeah. sidelines a little longer, Chad. Joe, Joe Flacco's getting Wally pipped right now. Oh, go take a little breather and get a little rest, and we'll think about putting you back in next week. We'll, we'll see. Uh, meanwhile, Atlanta, of course, at four and seven, and pretty much out of the playoff picture. Baltimore still a two and a half point underdog on the road at the Falcons. You know, with all the home dogs this week, I found myself surprised when I made this pick that Atlanta is still giving points to Baltimore. I don't know if this is still the the lack of belief belief in Lamar Jackson or the explosiveness of the Falcons' offense at home, but that Baltimore defense is pretty damn good. I'm going to just take Baltimore and Lamar Jackson to kind of stymie Atlanta and uh, win this game outright. Uh, you know, it's not even something where I'm, I'm too worried about the actual point spread here. I just, I like Baltimore and, and the money line. There you go. I'll use a, a gambler's term for you. There you go. Straight up. Yeah. Um, I concur. I like it. I'm feeling good already. Uh, start off on the same page. Uh, 
this week. I, I think the Ravens will certainly open up the, the throwing game in this environment yep. with Lamar Jackson. They've been – Oh, yeah. Uh, they, I mean, if you they can't throw to, these guys, <laughs> you might want to put Joe Flacco <laughs> back out there. On the beat-up Falcons defense in the Dome, uh, under these circumstances, I think uh, whatever Lamar Jackson can do through the air, I think we'll get a good taste and, and a good feel for, for what he's got to offer. Uh, yeah, they haven't I had to see, open him up. Uh, I did see that for the Falcons, the Deion Jones is practicing again, and he may be getting close to coming back, um, which could make Atlanta kind of a sneaky cover uh, opportunity for them late. Uh, but I don't think that helps them here. That's one. Yeah, that's one piece. It's, it's only one piece. It's a very good, very valuable piece. One of the best coverage linebackers in the game, but it's only one piece, and there's still a lot of missing pieces for that Falcons defense. So. Uh, I will agree with you, and I will take the Ravens as well. Uh, Denver and Cincinnati, on to Cincinnati, and the 5-6 and six Bengals at home, and feeling like sort of a spiral there, but we've said that so many times over the years. Uh, they're both 5-6. and six. The Broncos, however, uh, are obviously you, – you were talking about same records in different directions last week for certain teams, and that, that certainly applies here because the 5-6 and six Broncos are five-point favorites on the road at yep. the 5-6 and six Bengals. Well, I, I know a lot of this has a, is a function of Andy Dalton being gone. Yep. Um, this line's probably closer to, to straight up, you know, pick them. If, I think if Andy Dalton is there, but with them going with the backup whose name I don't even remember, and I'm not going to make fun. I'm not going to make any fun of the guy. I'm sure he's a yep. perfectly acceptable Crystal. NFL backup. Um, and, and I would not be shocked if he came out and played admirably uh, because I have the Broncos. <laughs> Yeah, I, I concur with that one too. I'm not gonna talk. To, I don't know anything about Jim Drew, so I can't. I, I, I can't talk down about him. I, I don't. I don't know anything. Yeah. Was um, that who was that? Was that Damon Heward who who shoved it up our ass with that four <laughs> touchdown game for the for the Chiefs that one time where we were just totally ripping this guy like we all you know oh yeah I mean I, this is back in the phone days when we were right. making picks there was some backup for the Chiefs who was coming in to pick uh, play a game and they were. We were like, oh, they're going to lose by four touch. Now they won the game. Yeah. I, I don't remember. There's a long history of you and I making fun of backup quarterbacks, and the more we pile on them, the the, the worse they shove it up our ass. So I am going to go ahead and just say, yeah, he, I'm sure he's great. Absolutely great. I was about to say, whoever that was for the Chiefs, he's not alone because that's happened a lot. Yeah. No, this is that's, that was there's, It's happened to us so many times over the years. That was one of the first times, though. So that Jim Driscoll. Oh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> uh huh. Um, AJ Green uh, should return for the Bengals. How much he gets the ball from Jeff Driscoll, we don't Good know. For Good for AJ Green. Right, he's gonna look around and go, um, uh, oh, yeah. damn it, I should have stayed out. Uh, but, but maybe not. Maybe Jeff Driscoll will get him the ball. The Raiders. And... If they were playing the Raiders, I would have taken the Bengals. You gonna get the <laughs> Nick Mullins treatment, you know? Right. No, the Bengals' defense is what I'm going to talk trash about. That they're going to oh, just yeah. allow Denver historic. to get anything they want because they are awful. Yeah, they're historically they bad. Awful. So I'll take the I'll take Denver on the basis of their offense, not because of the backup quarterback situation. Ah, okay. uh, see, I'm trying to stay away from Driscoll. Uh, NFC South action: Carolina and Tampa Bay. The Panthers at six and five. The Buccaneers at four and seven. Uh, in Week Nine, the Panthers. Uh, in Charlotte, beat the Buccaneers 42 to 28 behind 172 yards rushing 
by Carolina. Uh, and that was uh, one of the decent uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick games, but he also had two interceptions. So, you know, turnover Bernie Sanders strikes. Uh, so we won't, we may not have that tomorrow with Jameis Winston, but we may have it as well because he's about as bad turning the ball over as Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Uh, in any event, the Panthers three point favorites on the road at the Buccaneers. You know, that Carolina pass D really showed me something last week. They're not very good. Tampa Bay can sling the ball. I actually like Tampa to spring the upset and win the game here at home. I concur again. Oh. Uh, and and, and okay. definitely don't feel comfortable about it. Uh, no. With the many, many defensive injuries for Tampa Bay, so Carolina could just as easily light them up. But, uh, yeah, I got the same feeling that you did. Carolina's uh, not impressive at all on the road this year, one and four. Jameis Winston maybe uh, might be feeling like this is his last chance, so he might continue his good play since he got reinstated again. Uh, yeah, I can see him going for about 350 in the air on the I, Panthers' honestly, uh, defense. I wouldn't be stunned if Jameis Winston plays like crap and we get another bullpen situation and Fitzpatrick comes <laughs> oh, in and wins. God. I mean, this is, it's about, it's about time, again. isn't it? It's about time oh. for Dirk Cutter to do that again. Please spare me. No, seriously, Tampa's going to finish number one passing this year, even with James, even if Jameis Winston stays in the rest of the way. They're still going to be number one in the yep. league in passing because they just they, they don't stop. It doesn't matter who they start at quarterback. They just go through the yep. air and bombs away, and, and, you, and you can't stop them. And there's another stinky coverage team in Carolina, as you just pointed out. There's no reason for to think Winston's not going to have another very good game. He's probably going to light them up. Uh, Chicago and uh, the New York Giants, speaking of backup quarterbacks, will – Get some more, uh, uh, what's his name, Chase Daniel, um, starting for quarterback for the Bears at eight and three. Uh, only three and a half point favorites on the road at the three and eight Giants. Yeah, I don't know why. Call this a field pick. I'm taking the Giants and the spread. I don't know if I like the Giants to win this game. But I've got a feeling like this could be a, a trap kind of letdown game for the Bears here. I think everyone's expecting, obviously Vegas is expecting the Bears to win. Um, the line has moved their direction off the cop-out line, what, six and a half points from what would normally be. It's you know, a trap! Yeah, it, it feels like a trap game, not so much for us picking it, but i got a feeling it feels like a trap game for the Bears. They've got the big lead in the division now. You know, the, the the Patriots are going to be playing the Vikings. I, I think they're, you know, it's a young team. I don't know if they know what to do in this spot. feels like a game a spot for the Giants to sneak up and, and maybe even sneak out a win here. I concur again. This is really oh, no. Yeah, I feel great about that. When you have these picks where you're just kind of flying off the seat of, the, of your pants, they usually go yeah. well. I'm not going against any of them through the first four, so I'm really liking this so far. Yeah, uh, Daniel got that that Lions defense on Thanksgiving on very short, uh, a very short preparation in a situation where he probably would not have succeeded, but Detroit just. Uh, and, well, that wasn't, and, and, and honestly though, Detroit was in the spot to win that game until Matthew Stafford threw one right to Eddie Jackson for a pick yes. six. Yeah, Matt Stafford did not do uh, any favors getting into the red zone repeatedly and, and failing to score. Yeah, I did not see Chase Daniel running that pick six back. No, he didn't. Um, but, yeah, I got the, sort of the same feeling like, you know, how many times is he going to succeed there? I know they're they, they yeah. probably the same situation where they probably could play Mitchell the same as Baltimore. They probably uh, could start Trubisky, but they're thinking, it's the Giants. You know what, kid? Go ahead and, and sit another week out. We, we got this. We're good. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't think this think... is a situation where Mitch Trubisky is getting Wally pipped like Flacco no. is. No, Chase Daniel not. is not the future of the Chicago Bears. And, uh, yeah, I think this is just they, they have the, the two and a half or the big lead in the division now. Two and a half now? Is that two and a half or one and a half? It's, it's big. One and a half. Uh, over, yeah, over, over, the, uh, over the Vikings. Minnesota's yeah, got uh, a brutal schedule to, to finish the season out here. I mean, Minnesota's running the gauntlet. Um, which, as they should, is the division winner. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I've got a weird feeling about the Giants this week. Yeah, this for me is actually more about the, what the Giants offensively have been doing lately. Uh, if they get some explosive plays, and Saquon Barkley gets a couple big runs here and there, and, and maybe Eli hooks up with Odell as he's supposed to. We keep saying that every week. But, yeah, I, I've got the same feeling as you are, that uh, the New York can pull this out. And, and if they get any kind of lead, and you got to rely on Chase Daniel for the comeback, I don't believe in that at all. Yeah. Uh, moving on to AFC East action with the Bills and the Dolphins. Buffalo at 4-7 and seven with the project. You never know what you're going to get from him, but he's had, he's had a lot more moments than I thought he would this year. Uh, the Bills are three and a half, another hook, three and a half point dogs yeah. on the road at the five and six Dolphins. I wasn't too fond of the hook here, but I still went ahead and took the Dolphins, even though we were uh, we, we both liked the Bills last week to kind of spoil Jacksonville. Miami's one of those bad teams that doesn't know it's bad. Um, <laughs> and, and they're also like that, the, the definition, if you look up NFL mediocrity in the dictionary, you the Miami Dolphins is right there. Ryan Tannehill... And the Miami Dolphins team is pretty much the definition of this eight and eight malaise where they're just not good enough to go to the playoffs and they're not bad enough to get it. I got a feeling they can do a little bum slaying this week. And uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins here and give the three and a half, although the hook scares me a little. A little uh, PFF action pro football focus that Josh Allen, as you may, I, I may have heard, may not have heard, but some of these podcasts that I listen to seem to want to focus on the fact that he really, really, really likes going deep. Whether he succeeds or not, he really likes to throw the ball deep. He's gone deep on 17.7% of his pass attempts, which is the second most for a rookie-year quarterback in the past 13 years, just behind uh, John Watson from last year. So it doesn't matter if it doesn't succeed 20 times if you go deep. If it succeeds twice, that's two deep passes, and that's puts you in a position to score. So. Uh, maybe a little bit of a narrative pick here, but I, I respect kind of what Buff- what Buffalo has done this year. They've competed. They've they played hard. Uh, I don't like the Dolphins uh, as a team, and I, I want them to fail because if they do uh, and New England wins later on, that'll clinch the AFC East for the Patriots, and I just want that to be over with. Just not, I don't need to, oh. to listen to any okay. uh, in the, you know AFC East predictions or, or action or anything like that. I want them to be put away. Playoff scenarios for the AFC East anymore. You just want to be done with it. You know who's going to win. Just shoot it in the back of the head and put it to bed. We, we don't need to listen to any team like that anymore. So I will you know, take the Buffalo Bills. That's an interesting stat for Josh Allen, considering he likes to go downfield. If, if only he had people to throw to. He doesn't care. He doesn't no, know I guess who's not. downfield, and he doesn't give a damn. He's just throwing yeah. it up. That's also a way to end up with the defense catching those balls, too. He doesn't care. He, he doesn't, doesn't give a Someone's damn. catching this. <laughs> <laughs> or no one. Or someone in the crowd. I don't care. So, I'm going deep. He thinks he's back in Wyoming. Why not? He got him drafted in the first round playing like that, I guess. Okay. I guess. 
I guess. On to the Rams and the Lions. Uh, L.A. coming off of bye. Uh, and Detroit coming off of whatever Detroit Lions football is right now. That's not even mediocrity anymore, right? That's just in the tank. Um, so yeah, no surprise. Uh, no surprise with the big spread. Oh, by the way, Aqib Tlaib supposed to come back for the Rams at cornerback. He's going to save us all. If you've been listening to any of the NFL pregame shows talking about when Aqib Tlaib comes back, that Rams Ooh. defense is really going to the okay. next level. Anyway, uh, the Rams, no surprise, are huge favorites, 10.5-point favorites on the road at the Lions. It's, this is not an anti-Rams pick, but I'm taking the Lions and all the points here just on the simple fact that the Rams defense is not showing me in this spot on the road against a top half of the league quarterback with a bit of a rejuvenated running a game. I mean, they've actually had multiple hundred yard rushing seasons after going like three years or four years without a hundred yard rusher that I would at least call the Detroit offense competent. I still don't like the golden Tate trade. I still don't like the give up move there, but I I think the Rams win in a shootout here. This, This feels like a 37, 30, you know, 34-27 type game to me because I still don't trust the Rams' defense, not on the road, not indoors. Um, I think it's back and forth ping-pong all day, and I think the Lions can keep it within 10 in the hook. Well, the rookie Carrion Johnson was a representative of those big rushing games for the Lions. It seemed like that was a resurgence uh, for the running game for Detroit, but he's not going to play. Got the Golden Tate trade, and now we got the the second – veteran receiver that was left behind Marvin Jones he's on the IR so uh, it feels like Detroit's losing weapons it feels like they're starting to mail it in it feels like everything is going south for the Detroit Lions and I'm going to agree with you and take them anyway just because of the hook I'm scared of the hook I can see them losing ten and a half is big as a home dog I'm sorry it's a lot of points as a home dog, you, and all I can you see them losing by ten. You just need one bad thing to go your way. You need a muffed punt, or you know, just something silly, a, a crazy pass interference call that gets you set up at the one yard line. It doesn't take a lot to, especially with the way the rules are in the NFL now. It doesn't take a lot to cover ten and a half. It just doesn't. Can, they can be getting destroyed by seventeen in the last minute, and yeah. Stafford finds. Uh, uh, somebody in the back of the end zone to, uh, to get a backdoor cover. I can easily see something like that happening. So I'll yeah. agree with you and take all those points. Uh, on to uh, up there in your neck of the woods in Wisconsin, the Arizona Cardinals coming in to visit Green Bay. So it's, is it going to be snowing for the game itself? Possibly. Okay. I mean, all the snow for our area here, and I'm only, you know, 100 miles from Lambeau, um, not even. Uh, all the forecasts for here have the snow tapering off by 11 or 12 o'clock, but you know, for Green Bay is by the water there, so I, I, I wouldn't be stunned if they had something like lake effect or something coming in, to, based on the way the storm is spinning around. So weather could be a factor. I think it's going to be windy though, uh, no matter what. It's windy as oh. hell out right now. Possible frozen tundra action, possible snow action. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but your boy, your boy, Jake Kumaro, he's active. He's lit. The Kumaro party is on its way to Green Bay. And so I know you, you've been talking him this up. Was, I, refer, I referenced this on my last show, our last show, not my mm-hmm. last, our last show. I referenced this on our last pick show about my boy Kumaro. 
You Aaron Rodgers loves this guy. Aaron Rodgers loves this guy. You heard it here first. Pick him up. In all your fantasy leagues. Jay's giving you fantasy <laughs> advice, probably, too. Probably available. <laughs> 99.9% of leagues. I'm guessing he's available. Yeah. Uh, Randall Cobb may play tomorrow, but he may not. But if uh, apparently if he doesn't, it's okay, because Kumaro will save the day for Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, the blessed and impressive two and nine Cardinals are fourteen point dogs at the four six and one <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you know, all that stuff I just said about big spreads and the rules, just throw that completely out. I love the <laughs> Packers here minus the fourteen. This this feels like a thirty to ten, uh twenty seven seven this feels like something pretty ugly. I mean the Packer defense isn't very good, but Arizona, warm weather team. Josh Rosen, rookie, going to Lambeau. I think he's just overwhelmed by this moment. Going, it, it, This is not a good spot. You're going to Lambeau in the cold. Aaron Rodgers. The Packers, for whatever reason, seem like they, they, they pull together when everything seems like it's falling apart around them. This feels like a team that they just blow the doors completely off of here and take out a little frustration. So I'm going to take the Packers and give the two touchdowns. It's a R-E-L-A-X situation. Is that what you're saying? Kumaro scores a touchdown tomorrow. Oh, you, you heard that here first, too. Uh, so, so it just feels like one of those uh, Rodgers relax-type games where you just uh, everything's okay, just everybody calm down. Yeah, and, and especially now that some of the some of the heat seems like it's starting to bounce back at him. It, like, at first it was McCarthy. Now you're starting to see some of the media coverage uh, here in the state. Uh, maybe now maybe Aaron's not nobody, that good. Yeah. Nobody is exempt from this uh, – tire fire going on in Green Bay right now. <laughs> you know, I agree with all of those sentiments, and, and I thought I was going to take Green Bay squish coming in, but this is one of those, what I was talking about earlier, that some of these big spreads, I just, I can't do it. Uh, I, I got to take the Cardinals. <laughs> just what has Green Bay done this year to suggest that they are worthy of being 14-point favorites over anybody? That's the thing. And they may well go and win by 30 and shove it up my ass. But it's just one of those things where I don't, I just don't feel they've earned the right. Like Green Bay and four six and one Packers as fourteen point favorites over anybody. That's almost offensive. Like really, what have they done? With a I look at this. Everyone thinks it's about to get fired. Yeah, I, I, I'm going on history here. I look at what they did to Buffalo. They annihilated yeah. the Bills. They, they, they they've got it in them. A rookie quarterback, you know, same type of spot. Right. Actually, a less talented team. I don't have a problem giving the points. I know it's a lot of points. Okay. I, I, like I said, I felt like I was going to do that too uh, when I started making these picks, but I wound up going the other way on that. So we'll see uh, how that works out for me. Okay. Uh, the Browns and the Texans, as uh, Cleveland now steps up to be the ne- the latest team to attempt to stop the Houston train, which is just uh, on a roll, uh, eight in a row now after starting 0-3. Baker Mayfield and the Browns, four, six, and one. They are five and a half point dogs at the eight and three Texans. Yeah, the Browns last week sort of exercised the demon. You know, they beat you, Jackson, and they made it a personal. And Baker Mayfield shot off his mouth. And I'm sorry, Houston Texans at home here going to win. What were they looking for? Nine in a row? That's right. There's a whole other animal. They are playing like the Houston Texans played last year when Deshaun Watson was, you know, the most fun electric player in the league. I think this is a little too much for the Browns to handle. I know this is probably a chic pick this week for people to jump on the Browns because of uh, just kind of that recency bias, I guess. That Oh, you know, the Browns have looked – no, the Browns have looked all right, but I'm going with the recency of eight in a row and 
basically skating their way to this division win here. And uh, I'm going to take the Texans at home and give the five. Before I even saw the the PFF stats, I actually was uh, my viewpoint of this game was who's going to handle the heat better, which quarterback of the two between Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson is going to handle the pressure and the and the pass rush better. That's who's going to wind up winning this thing. And then the PFF stat actually completely addressed that specific issue, which I was amazed at that. And uh, I guess you could kind of go either way, depending on how you see the stat. Here's the stat. When Baker Mayfield is under pressure, he is still throwing a touchdown on 8.1% of his pass attempts. That is the second best rate for any rookie quarterback in the last 13 years. That's very, very impressive. Number one, however, in that stat for the last 13 years, you could probably take a guess, would be Deshaun Watson from last year at 8.6%. So he's kind of good at handling the pressure and the heat as well. Uh, So so you can read that for either quarterback and either team, uh, either way that you want. But I'm going to wind up concurring with you and taking the hotter team overall, and that's the Houston Texans. Uh, Can Cleveland find a rallying point now that they're not playing against Hugh Jackson? Uh, that's the other thing is I think that's one of those things where the young team finds a motivation off of playing their old coach last week and, and sort of plays over their heads. And now this would be the come down situation and, and Houston takes advantage and, and takes them out. All right. Uh, on, make, making pretty good time here on to uh, AFC South action, yeah. the Colts and the Jaguars, uh, Indianapolis, uh, very impressive so far this year, even though, they're only six and five, but they've been playing like one of the the top upper half teams, certainly uh, of the of the of the NFL so far. Uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars at three and eight are playing like a bottom half team. So of course the Colts are three and a half point favorites on the road at the Jaguars. I'm going to use the same criteria for picking this game as I did with the Bears and the Giants. This is a field pick for me taking the Jaguars here at home. I think they got. The, you know they they lost they blew the game against Pittsburgh they came out real lethargic couldn't muster up the win against the Bills on the road and everybody's like oh the Jags are done but you know it's a familiar opponent there's still a little pride I think left in that defense honestly I think this goes just like the Pittsburgh game and the Jags handle the Colts and then blow it late and I'm going to still take the Jags to lose but not cover the spread give me the Jags and the points. Uh, in week 10 up in Indianapolis, the Colts only won by three, 29 to 26. And that was one of the Blake Bortles good games. He threw for 320 and two touchdowns in the loss. Uh, so he's not there. Cody Kessler is now the starting quarterback there. Leonard Fournette will not be running for Jacksonville, serving his suspension for trying to fight somebody in a helmet last week. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, the court, the cornerback, has a knee problem. He, if, even if he plays, he may not be very effective for Jacksonville. There's no reason to believe in the Jacksonville Jaguars anymore for me. There's just there's no reason to. I, I almost locked this up. This was almost my lock. Uh, I'm taking the Colts and give it a three and a half. I think they're going to beat them by at least 10, but there's no reason to believe Jacksonville for me. They've lost all my respect. Uh, Jets in Tennessee may not have much respect for either one of these teams either. Uh, Jets at three and eight uh, with their own coach death watch are nine and a half point dogs at the five and six Tennessee Titans. This one, this one was tough for me. This was, believe it or not, this one was one of my, my hardest picks of the week. Uh, to make because I, I don't know what the Titans have shown 
to, to say that they're 10 points better than anybody, but if they're 10 points better than anybody, they're 10 points better than the <laughs> Jets, right? Because the Jets are terrible. Um, but I'm going back to the old adage here at IMLD, can't cover 10 if you can't score 10. So I'm going to actually take the Jets and the points in what I expect to be a really ugly, I'm hoping like a 16-7 to 7 kind of game. It's a dormant defense for, for Marcus Mariota to do some work against, and that's the only defense he can do some work against is a D that isn't really playing or, or, or showing up for you. Um, and yet I guess I concur on the, the similar basis that it's just hard to imagine the Titans beating anybody by 10 points or being favored to beat anyone by 10 points, almost like the Packers being favored by 14 over Arizona. Like what have they done this year to prove that they deserve that point spread? So. Uh, I'll, I'll concur with you and, and take Gang Green and Jake McCrown. Oof. Oh, uh, yeah, just hold your nose and make that pick. Yeah. Speaking of holding your nose, it's Murga time. The Oakland Raiders at 2-9, and nine, and they're playing a franchise uh, coming off a of bye as well. Uh, at the 9-2 and two Chiefs in another hold-your-nose situation. Uh, but, well, you know, they, they, they're they coming off a of bye. They, uh, you know, Andy Reid uh, off a of bye. What a great record he has. Uh, it was good that they had a bye week to prepare. You know, there's no distractions or anything for Kansas City, so they should be ready to go. Oh, wait, well, I, oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, dude, what, how do you how do you figure that's never going to come out? You assaulting a woman in a hotel, and yeah. you know there's cameras everywhere. Um, yeah. I saw that video, man. She got She got creamed. Jesus Christ. Uh, too, too soon? Too soon? Hey, uh, hey. It's February. It's February. It can't be too soon. Well, it's too soon for the rest of us. They knew oh, about it yeah. in February. Yeah. I assume they knew about it. That, that, that's the really uh, confusing part about it is we don't we, – we're getting conflicting reports on when the Chiefs knew, when the NFL yeah. knew, because they certainly swooped in fast as hell when the when the tape came out. Uh, oh yeah! Immediately, immediately put him on the the commissioner's list. The Chiefs didn't just mm-hmm. say "fuck it, we're we're just gonna cut him." Uh, so everybody acted very swiftly once everything was made public. What I would love to know is when did everyone know about all of this before oh, the video months ago. came public? Long time yeah. ago. And again, and he, if you read the if you read the mealy mouthed uh, statement that the Chiefs put out, it basically reads he didn't get cut for doing it. He got cut for lying about it. They made sure to let everybody know, hey, we're not going to cut somebody just because they hit a bitch. Yeah. All right? This we're isn't not a right situation. That. Kareem Hunt's not a buster. That's true. That's the that's what I was uh, talking to my wife about this morning, that he will get a second chance. He will be. Because back. unlike oh, he'll Ray, be a Patriot. He'll be a Patriot. I guarantee you. Or a Redskin. Uh, MVP of the Super Bowl. Unlike Ray Rice, he's not averaging three point yeah. yards a carry. He's going to get well, another oh, chance. Wait, they want to have they want to have they want to have AP and Kareem Hunt, so like no family is safe. That's right. The woman gets it, then the kids crying about it. He gets it. Everybody gets it. The grandma right. gets it. Everybody yeah. gets a strap. They'll, they'll put in they'll put in Kareem Hunt, and then they'll bring in Adrian Peterson for a switch. Oh, yes, dude. Yes, dude. Hey, hey, no. No, that's oh, not good. What? No, oh, no. oh, <laughs> you're a bad guy. Um, <laughs> and then they and, and then the Redskins go on defense, and Reuben Foster comes in to totally wreck everybody and, and just throw hands on everyone. 
um, whenever he gets off the suspension. Oh, oh so he'll be a Bengal. <laughs> well, that's the that's the other place that he uh, the oh. Ruben Foster oh, and, he, and all these yeah, guys probably should land. And Joe Mixon and Vontaze. Oh, <laughs> now the t- uh, the the teenage girls in the bars are not safe. Once you get them, uh, when you, when you, yeah, everybody's not safe. Anyway, uh, this is why we uh, run out of you time. You know, Ray just got out of prison. They can just sign him too and just have the to get the gang back together here. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the Chiefs at 9-2 and two off the bye are the biggest spread of the week, 15.5-point favorites at the 2-9 and nine Oakland Raiders. What would this be with Kareem Hunt? What would this be? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking the Chiefs squish. I mean, this is a blowout spread. Spencer Ware, first of all, Spencer Ware is not a bum. They're going to take all this out on the – if there's a team you're going to take it out on, take it out on Murga. He's completely given up. The team has quit. I don't think the Chiefs fall off that bad in this spot. I'm going to take the Chiefs and blow them out. Uh, I guess I kind of feel the other way about this. And Uh-oh. Lord help me, I can't believe You're... I'm doing this. I'm sending you the hat. <laughs> oh, no. You just locked up Murga? I... Please what tell me team don't. could come off of some distraction that yeah. big and go out and win by 16 points on the road? That's asking a whole lot, and I understand hey, the Raiders are complete hot garbage. But I'm the guy man. who took I'm the guy who took the Ravens in the Ray Rice game after all and, the stuff came out. And, and what one. happened? And what and happened? Hey, thank you, thank you. So, so yeah, I guess I'm using that. Up. Uh, I'm going against that logic again, and, and yeah, I, I definitely remember that uh, picking against uh, the, the Ravens because they were playing the Steelers, and we actually discussed this a few shows ago, but they were yeah. playing the Steelers on a Thursday night. Me and my wife and her best friend actually were watching the game in a bar, and her best friend is like the world's biggest Steelers fan. Sorry, Bryson Brooklyn. And she was just like, okay, they're going to play this guy, this team that had the guy that was beating up the woman on, on camera and whatnot. Oh, the, the Ravens are just criminals. They're just trash. I hope the Steelers just completely destroy them. And I'm like, oh, don't worry. Yeah, the, the Ravens are completely distracted. They're coming off of having to do interviews about all of this all week. They're not thinking about football. The Steelers, yeah, don't worry. The Steelers are going to kill them. And, of course, the Ravens won the game, and you, and you won that pick. So, Thank you. yeah, here we go again. Uh, here I am saying, the, yeah, don't worry. The Raiders will take care of the Chiefs. The, the Chiefs are completely distracted, so. I haven't learned my lesson in that uh, in that respect, so we'll see. Uh, on to the Vikings and the Patriots. The six four and one Vikings, like you said, a game and a half in back of Chicago, still in division contention. Five point underdogs at the eight and three New England Patriots. Another big spot for Kirk Cousins to show us why he's not a one hundred million dollar <laughs> quarterback. But I actually like the Vikings defense here to keep this game close enough. I still think Cousins could probably crap this thing away late. But I like the Vikings and the points in this game. I think this is a probably probably game of the week. This, this would have been highlight material if we had been talking about it. This is a sneaky good game, um, and it's not the Sunday night game, so it's not the prime time game. So maybe maybe that goes with Cousins too. I'm surprised this isn't the Sunday night game. But yeah, I actually I like the Vikings here to, to maybe even sneak out the win. Ooh. Uh, no, they got a real good one on Sunday night, so they don't have to. They yeah. didn't have to move this one this week. Um, but yeah, it would have been a, a highlight game for sure. Uh, and, and, it, and it was a tough uh, pick for me. Uh, 
because uh, the the Vikings have proven if, if one thing they've proven this year is that getting Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen going at the same time with Kirk Cousins is sort of a magical combination. When when all three of them are, are clicking, they can hang with anybody. Um, but it's been difficult this year to get all three on the same page at the same time. Thielen had been going through injuries for the last month. Uh, he seemed like he really rebounded last week, but now Stephon Diggs all week was in and out of practice. He's got a knee issue, so he's looks like he's not going to be anywhere near 100% tomorrow. Um, so from, from that perspective, I'm going to go with the Patriots and give the five points. Uh, it, it's, everything's got to be just right for, for Kirk Cousins and the, and that Vikings offense. And if it's not, then I, I don't like their chances uh, at new England. It feels like it's a time of year also for new England to start rounding into shape, uh, and start putting their stamp on the, the AFC is of course, particularly that division and wrapping up that division title and sort of getting ready for the playoffs. And I'm still on record as saying the Patriots are not going back to another Super Bowl again. But uh, I did say they were going to win that division because that, that division is crap. And I did say they're probably going to get home field advantage again because there's no one else uh, in the AFC to challenge that. Although Kansas City emerged this year as a certain certainly as a, as a challenge for that. Um, but it just feels like it's time for New England to sort of step up and start doing what they usually do in December. And that's putting their thumb on a competition that comes in, especially the Vikings uh, not being in the, in the conference, being out of conference, uh, not having, you know, all that experience of going into uh, Foxborough is going to be a new situation for them. And I, I, I don't like teams that, coming into Foxborough late in, in the, in the season. I like them earlier in the season. Like I thought Houston really had a great chance in, in the first game of the year. And I was shocked that the, the Patriots actually played them well and looked like a well-oiled machine. I was like, Oh, they, they really started the season much better than I thought. But then they went to those, those two road games that they got beat badly. And I was like, okay, there, there's the Patriots. That, that's the new England that I know and love. Um, but yeah, now in December, yeah, I, I like the Patriots and, and I'll give the five. I think this probably is one of those typical Tom Brady 300 yard games where you go, how did he make those throw? How did he make that throw? And, uh, yeah, I'll take the Patriots. All right, moving on to uh, Seattle and San Francisco in NFC West action. The two and nine 49ers are 10 point underdogs on the road at the six and five Seahawks. Yeah, I don't like this pick. It's another one where I held my nose, but I'm going to take the 49ers. I, it's, it's again, it's a division game. I, I think Kyle Shanahan um, has, has shown that he can, he can he can get something out of his guys. And this, this feels like Seattle, that, that magic at home is kind of worn off a little bit. I still don't know. They're kind of up and down this year. Um, right in those highs and lows. This feels like this could be one of those lows. I like Seattle in a close one. Yeah, I uh, was thinking about it that way. It's another close pick for me, but I'm wind up going with uh, the Seahawks at home. They're always uh, tough. I know they're not as tough this year as they normally are, but San Francisco is trash. I understand they've competed better than they have any right to with all the injuries that they've had, but they're still pretty much trash. Uh, and they don't have – I don't know who they're throwing to again. The Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon are not going to play. Uh, Richard Sherman returns to Seattle for this game, and something tells me Russ Wilson is going to target him and sort of try to exploit him and, and make everybody see, hey, you're not what you used to be. This is why Seattle got rid of you. So I, I can see Doug Baldwin uh, lighting him up for a couple of deep touchdowns, and uh, I'll take Seattle and give it a 10. 
On to Sunday night football, the Clippers and the Steelers, the 8-3 L.A. Chargers, the 7-3-1 Pittsburgh Steelers. Should be a real fun game. Going to at least approach getting over whatever that number is, but it may not necessarily get over. So might be one of those first defense to make a play wins type situations. Uh, One guess at the point spread is the cop out line. Chargers plus three at Steelers. Yeah, the game, it's it's obviously smelling pushy here, so this is this is exactly why in a situation like this where where I do smell this much pushy, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Steelers here. Phillip Rivers, to me, he, he always seems like the guy, he kind of comes up small in these big moments, especially on the road. And this is that big moment, prime time. I, I could see if Phillip Rivers having one of these meltdown games where he's yelling at his guys for the whole game or yelling at the refs or just, just, just having one of those Philip Rivers, you know, hissy fit kind of games here. And, and, and everybody figures that the Steelers are in total turmoil. I'd like to see them getting back to running the ball a little bit more. Uh, James Conner has gone from being the baby Terminator to the ghost. Uh, now that the Le'Veon Bell stuff is all over, it's just, this just feels like, I hate to say feel again, but this feels like a Pittsburgh win. Yeah, this is another tough one for me. Uh, might be a close one back and forth, and if it winds up being a push, I don't think either one of us would be very surprised. Um, I think I started off the week leaning towards the Clippers because of how discrepant the road and home splits were. The Chargers are actually much better on the road uh, than the Steelers are at home. The Chargers are 5-1 and one on the road this year. The Steelers are only 3-2 and two, uh, uh, at home. Uh, I think the Chargers are four and one officially on the road, but that home game in England counts as a road game in my view because my view is all that matters. Uh, but Melvin Gordon being out is a, a potentially a big uh, injury for the the Chargers. Every time he has missed some time, I do point out that Austin Eckler is one of the better backup running backs in the league. But you take any situation, you take a backup and make him the starter and give him those full time minutes. He is, may not be as effective. You lose a little juice when you have to take 25 or 30 snaps as opposed to 10 or 15. Um, On the other side, the Steelers have definitely had an up and down year. They definitely have not been as potent running the ball uh, the last couple games with uh, James Conner. But I think this one, uh, the the Chargers give up some yardage on the ground. So I think this one is one where Pittsburgh sort of rediscovers what they can do. And Ben Roethlisberger yelling at his team. He's uh, obviously as much of a hothead sometimes as, as Philip Rivers, but Ben does keep his head more when it comes to like officiating and, uh, and, and bad referee calls. So I'll agree with you that Pittsburgh will keep their heads overall uh, and wind up winning this one and covering the three. Uh, it's a long way to, uh, from the playoffs, but if this were, uh, if the playoffs started today, this is actually the wild card game, one of the two wild card games. So that's very interesting to look at that, that it would be Chargers at Steelers, uh, even though the Chargers have the better record. So a little bit of a playoff preview, always fun to watch uh, one of those. Um, also, also PFF stat made me lean towards the Steelers when I saw that uh, offensive line rankings for the year uh, right now. The Chargers ranked 28th and the Steelers ranked first. That is very, very uh, wide. And so I think the Steelers will get some pressure on Rivers and wind up putting that game away late. Monday Night Football in the NFC East is the Redskins and the Eagles and Washington at 6-5. and five, But, of course, with the backup quarterback, Colt McCoy, six-and-a-half-point dogs at the 5-6, and six, still world champion Philadelphia Eagles. 
Yeah, they're the world champions for now, right? Uh, no, yeah. I actually like oh, wow. I'm going to go ahead. I can't take it away from them. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Eagles here. I don't like the backup situation. I think the Eagles are going to be playing more desperate. Um, I, I think, you know, these are two teams that are going to be passing each other now that Alex Smith is done. I think Washington's too many injuries. They're not going to hold up. I'm going to take the Eagles, give the points. And one more time with the big spread that scared me. I got to take the underdog. I'm taking Colt McCoy and the Redskins oh, with six wow. and a half points okay. because Philadelphia still has no DBs, even though uh, uh, Sidney Jones, I think, is scheduled to return. But they're they're still really banged up in the back end, and I know Washington doesn't have much of a passing game at all. But I think they got just enough to take advantage of that and, and stay close with the Eagles. So I will take the Redskins and the points. So there we go. We, I think we're right at the edge of the the live show this time, but probably would have went over if we did highlight games. So, but fifteen games, a lot of games. We got through them all. We did it again. Yeah, that when it got to be like the last four games in ten minutes, it was like, oh, okay, we gotta we gotta push this uh, push this a little bit. Yeah, you ended up yeah, we ended up disagreeing on a lot of games this week. Uh, well, we started off uh, agreeing with everything, so it was just the last yeah. second half of those games there. Yeah, uh, so, so it's gonna be be an interesting week here. You know, maybe I can try to I gotta start try trying to get shave some games off of this lead of yours here. Or you know, you need to have a bad two two bad weeks. You don't even you don't have to suck the rest of the year. I just need you to have like two, you know, three win weeks somewhere here between now and uh, the end of the year. God, perish the thought. Uh, we wound up disagreeing on seven uh, after all of that, as it wow. turned out. Not, not counting Thursday. Almost half the games. Yeah. Yeah, but no, we, but a lot, we a lot of started drama. off on agreeing on all of them. So. Yeah, my, my least favorite time, though, is when we disagree on bad games. <laughs> yeah, because it makes you have to because care about games now, you don't yeah, want to care about now at I'm all. I'm going to actually be scoreboard watching bad games tomorrow. Chiefs Raiders, you got a scoreboard watch because it's my lock. You know that one. <laughs> that one's just I think that that's that's the storyline game with the, to see how the Chiefs come off this this Kareem Hunt thing. Right, because I, I I didn't know what the spread was at the beginning of the week, right, but. Then this news comes out, and I just assume the spread's going to drop. Whatever the Chiefs were favored, I, I when I opened up the spreads yeah. tonight, I thought they were going to be like maybe ten or something lower than that. I thought it was going to be like fourteen at the beginning of the week, and then dropping to twelve, eleven, ten with, with the news of, of Kareem Hunt getting cut. And they're fifteen and a half point favorites. I'm like, wait a minute, that what? So that that's one of those that I'm locking up just because my reaction was just what. And I just feel like I have to take the underdog if that's my reaction. Yeah, that's an interesting one because that's where I'm looking at the line history on that one. That's one that right now is sitting at 14. And opened up at 15 and a half. So that opened up at 15 and a half. And that's across the board pretty much on all the Vegas lines right now that I'm looking at. I'm looking at four different ones. It's all 14. So. That's more of like the opening line that, that we're betting this game on than what it is right now at this moment. Well, that's where it is in the uh, the covers.com contest. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to go down uh, before the game tomorrow. I, I'm, I definitely want to open that up and see where it is tomorrow morning because yeah. there's got to be uh, either maybe everyone in this contest is that much smarter and they're not putting any money on the Raiders because they know better. <laughs> and that's why the line hasn't moved. Uh, maybe they're all smarter than me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get the. Feel- I hope that 
you know, a little point difference there doesn't come back to I don't see it happening. I I know the Chiefs' defense isn't very good, but what are the Raiders going to do to these guys? Pamela Holmes, they still have the team. I mean, when they go out there and they're playing, I don't I don't think that they have any less playmakers. And I and I I'm not one of these. Spencer Ware is not a huge step down. Well, he's a, he definitely is a step down. There's stuff Kareem no, yeah, does. No, definitely he's not Kareem running in catching, but he, right? But he he's not bad. No, I don't think he's bad, but I, I thought he would be more of an impact on the on the line than he is. That's for sure. But Kareem Hunt to Spencer Ware to me should cost you uh, at least a couple, and maybe three, uh, on the point spread. If I were making the if I were making the point spreads, unless well, it was a, a tight unless it was a tight spread, like if it was already three, <laughs> that's why I'm not making the spreads. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right about that. Uh, yeah, unless it was already a, a tight spread, like the, the Chiefs-Rams game was three and a half. If it was Spencer Ware instead of uh, Kareem Hunt, I wouldn't make that like a push. I would make it maybe like two and a half, something like that. But for something big like this, the rate with the Raiders spread, I, I would have thought that would have cost them a lot more than that. But, hey, what do I know? Yeah. Yeah, no, but, so, but no, we both uh, – we, we got our quick take on that one. So I, I, neither one of us seemed to believe that Kareem Hunt is done. Right, he's, not, he's absolutely back. not. There's no way they're letting that they're that he's he's going to serve a suspension. He's going to get an Ezekiel Elliott type suspension, but he will be back. He will be playing somewhere next year. It yes. might not be to the middle of the year, but he will be playing somewhere next year. Right. Yeah. I, I and I don't under. I mean, I, the releasing of him. I was a little surprised that the Chiefs just said, "Ah, to hell with you." I guess yeah. they're trying to prove. I guess that I don't know what what precipitated that. I mean, if the guy, if he did it, he, obviously he did it. Um, but let let him face his punishment. You know. No, everything is optics these days, man. You know that's that. all it is. I know that's all it is. But he's going to end up going to a team, making them better, and then people a couple of years from now are going to look back and go, "Oh yeah, Chiefs cut him." Uh, you know. <laughs> Right, but all it takes is is a couple of uh, female members of the owner's family in the in the Hunt family yeah. there in, in in Houston, or not in Houston, in Kansas City, um, to, to look at that video and say we have him on the team. No, we can't have that. He has to be off the team. Yeah. We can't have someone like that on the team. And that's it. That's all it takes. It's all about the bad optics. Sure. And I have well, so, no. So we'll see Faith that they didn't know any of this or enough. Of, uh, they didn't know enough about this before now. I really don't believe that at all. I, they, oh, they, no. play, they let him play no. the whole year, every game. Yeah. With this and he had another over. fight. He had two offseason incidents. And then they said, okay, well, we don't have anything that's making us look too bad to, to keep you on the team. So it's all good. And yep. we're gonna let you play, and hopefully nothing comes out that that makes us look bad. And the moment something came out that made them look bad, they, they immediately cut him. Yeah, I was surprised as well when I saw that. But uh, you know, bad optics—that's that's what it takes these days. You know, all, all it takes is just one bad video to make you make the organization look like they're condoning someone that that would do something like that. Whatever Reuben Foster did at the team hotel with the same chick that he uh, tried to beat up last year. Um, if that video had surfaced, I don't think the Redskins are are immediately putting in a waiver claim to picking to, to pick him up. 
But because the bad optics aren't out there, they were able to do that and, and try to justify it. Although people are giving them shit for it as, as well they should. Yeah. But it's all about the optics. It's all about the what, what you can what you can see, what you can reference on your website or reference on your talk show, on your PTI or whatever. If, if you don't have the video, it makes things a lot easier to, to swallow. If there was video of what Adrian Peterson did to his son, I don't oh, think the Redskins yeah. would have given him another chance. So Sure. Yeah, TMZ, though, I mean, TMZ drops, gets the scoop again on the NFL. That's the other thing that's fucked up. How much? How many billions of dollars of resources does the NFL have, and they keep getting beat for these videos by fucking TMZ? What is that about? Well, it tells you that they find what they want to find. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It, I, the video has been known about since February. I mean, it, it happened in a hotel. You know, hotels, the camera's all over the place. I have a feeling these guys weren't staying at the Motel 6. And Roger Goodell is standing there with his arms up going, well, we tried. We asked him for the video nicely, and they didn't give it to us. <laughs> we said pretty, please. With cherries on top. Come on. Um, yeah. No, not, not, a, not a good look for Kareem Hunt. Uh, bad video. Again, you know, you got to be smart. You know, you're hanging out with the wrong people. You just don't, don't, don't do these things. Don't, don't, you know, don't, don't get wrapped up with any of this stuff. And, and, and don't do it. You got to think about these. It's your career, millions of dollars, and I, I guess it was really worth, really worth hitting that, hitting that girl. And then throwing the dude into the other two people. I mean, but whatever that was, that was all of a sudden that somebody looks like they get shot out of a cannon. It's like pinball. There's people flying into walls. I'm like, damn, he hit the hole. That guy hits the hole. That's all I'm going to say. Uh-huh. That was, no, that video was crazy. That's what a street fight looks like between some people and, and an NFL player. That's kind of what it's supposed to look like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And running over and, and, and again, kicking the girl and knocked her down. Just, yeah. yeah, but but again, I mean, what, you know, I, no, no, you can't condone any violence uh, either way. You, you know, these these guys got to learn to just walk away. First of all, they're hanging out with these girls. Who, all these girls are going to do is get up in their, you know, they, 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 I mean, he, he took he took a lot of abuse before he retaliated. But that's knowing who you are, and you know, you're twice the size of all these people. Yeah, just whatever she's doing to you, just walk away. absorb it and walk 19, away. 19-year-old girl who's probably nobody to you, you know, just walk away. Yeah, no reason to engage that. No reason. And then, the, and then the hotel staff giving the girl the business. Did you read the story? No, I did not read that. Oh, man. So after the fight, so after all this stuff went down, I guess the girl was, you know, she was, you know, upset and disheveled and... And uh, basically, somebody who worked for the hotel pretty much told her, like, she got what she deserved and she should stop being a slut. Okay. Somebody from the hotel said that, not Kareem Hunt. Classy. Basically, yeah, somebody from the hotel told this girl, stop being a slut. (laughs) Wow. I mean, (laughs) crazy story. Well, and then the the other other major part of it is the fact that the police department has apparently known about all of this and had the videotape, and no charges were ever yeah. pressed. Yeah. I mean, what else you got to do to a woman on tape for you to have charges filed against you? What I mean, he, he didn't take out a knife and fillet her, so I guess he's he's all good, right? 
Uh, uh, yeah, here's the, the news article here in USA Today says a police spokesperson said no one in the police department watched the security video of the Kareem Hunt incident. That's called <laughs> shitty police department. <laughs> this is that's but, Cleveland for you. I, wow, was the donut shop just that open and you didn't have time to watch the tape? What are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? That's actually worse. I thought they had watched the, the. I thought they were in possession of the tape this whole time and had watched and then determined maybe determined no, the, that. The you know, police, no, we, we didn't look at it. <laughs> I thought I read somewhere that the police had this tape the whole time and that uh, the NFL couldn't get it, but TMZ did. Um, so I was thinking the police had well, yeah, it. And, TMZ and just, released it. The police had it. TMZ somehow got yeah. their hand on it. It said that the NFL didn't see it until it was made public. Mm hmm. So the police had it, but didn't watch it for ten months. Yeah, well, maybe apparently the NFL wasn't ponying up the money. That, yeah, that's the that's what I was worried about or wondering about is how does the NFL get with all these resources get outdone by TMZ on these tapes all the time? Um, and like you said, they the NFL probably discovers those things when they want to, when they're really motivated to. But the other side of that is the police department not pressing you. Like I said, I thought the whole time they had just watched it and determined that since she was the one sort of instigating and aggravating that they weren't going to charge either one of them with anything. But if they claim they didn't watch it at all, then they just say that we suck at at our jobs. (sighs) Yeah, we, we can't go more than a few months without talking about one of these stories, can we? No, unfortunately we can't. I mean, it, it, again, it's a league of violent players and, you know, 53-man rosters, 32. You got 1,600 players in the NFL. So. 1,580 yeah. of them don't do things like that. Exactly. And that's, you know, exactly the, the thing that, that you got to remember out there that this doesn't, this doesn't actually, you'd say that based on the percentage of players that are getting busted for this kind of stuff, it probably falls way under the, average general population yeah just some guy who goes home from work and and beats his wife or the other way around or any of that you know i hate to say it it's sad it happens but um you know it's not like that this is all nfl players but like you said it's it's the optics you got this multi-billion dollar company yeah, you have uh, whoever you are listening. You have coworkers that slap their wives around. They just don't get it videotaped and, and bought by TMZ. But but believe me, it does happen. Oh, and that's oh, a. It's yeah. probably the last little uh, bit about that is once again, as I try to say when all, when like uh, sexual assault allegations come out. Uh, which are, is not the same as, as abuse allegations, but they're in the same family. Um, and I try to tell everybody the, the, the women aren't making this up. They, uh, they don't sit out sit around and con- concoct stories and make up tales about getting drugged and raped and stuff. If they say it happened, it probably did. And you probably need to listen to them and believe them. And in this case, not just laugh at them and call them a slut or something. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that well that what was the last time we talked about this? That would have been back during the Kavanaugh stuff, right? Yeah, that that, uh, that was going on too. 
that it, it probably Although happened. That one make was a... a little weird, though, because multiple accusers all of a sudden said they lied. <laughs> that was a weird one. Yeah, there are no perfect situations yeah. uh, when it comes to that's stuff not like a good that. one. That's not a good one when you're like, well, yeah, I, I, I lied. I thought I was doing the right thing, so I lied. Uh, no, you're not doing the right thing when you lie. Either way, no. it's like Kareem Hunt lost his job. Didn't lose it because he did it. Lost it because he lied. Yeah, because we're that, okay the, if slap somebody that around, is, but lying about so it. Yeah. No, there's <laughs> actually a video here. I'm reading the article here right now. Uh, the woman is talking to police, the woman who got beat up. And yeah. she's explaining. She's got tears, and she's explaining what happened. And she's telling the cops about how the man at the front desk refused to call 911. And here's the thing he said to her. That's what you get for being a slut. Man. That's cold. That's cold. That, that uh, is. That, that's harsh. That sounds like a guy that's dealt with like a lot of prostitutes in his lobby and just assumes that they're all the same. <laughs> this is Cleveland. I didn't say I they mean, were good looking we prostitutes. We have not, it has not been ascertained that these were working girls, right? I mean... Not that I'm aware of. Okay. But I'm just saying that sounds like the comments of somebody that assumes that they're all working girls. Because there's no reason to call it... If someone yeah. gets beat up, how, I don't know how that makes you a slut if you got your ass kicked. That don't, um, that I guess this girl really... was 19, too. Yeah. But a woman that comes to you crying about getting beat up, I don't, I don't see how you jump from that to being a slut. <laughs> I don't. Shut up, you slut. What? Right. I, I don't. I don't see the connection. you're a hotel employee, so a girl just got basically assaulted in your hotel. Not that's also that's some bad optics too. What hotel was this at? Not yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hope that guy is unemployed. Man. Oh boy, another <laughs> reason why I am not going to Cleveland. <laughs> Not oh, at the top of my Cleveland. list. I've driven by it, but not at the list of my places to go. And I don't think about, you know what? I really want to go to Cleveland. Not even for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No. No. <laughs> no. I could just listen to music. <laughs> but you can't read about the wonderful uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers and see their plaques or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, these guys, these guys just got to be smarter, uh, you know. Not 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 very well done there by Kareem Hunt. He deserves what he gets. He'll pay his he'll pay his price, but he will be back. He's not Ray Rice. He averages more than no. three yards a carry. He well, will be back. Thing. See, Ray Rice is gone because he was bad, not because of yes. what he did. That was sort of the excuse to make him disappear. Kareem Hunt is still very good, so he will get another job. And we'll get the we'll get the, the penance and the interview and the I'm so sorry if I offended anybody type stuff, you know. The non apology apology. I really learned from my mistakes. I'm sorry I lied. Really... That's what it's gonna be. I'm sorry <laughs> I lied. No, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry I got filmed. That's all it's really uh, yeah. is gonna I'm be. So- <laughs> I'm not sorry that I you know, like hit this girl and then curb stomped her. <laughs> I'm sorry, you people had to see uh, the uh, dirt yeah. that I do. I'm sorry, I got caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically what it is, and everyone knows that too. 
Um, talking about the but Rock and Roll a, Hall of Fame got me oh. curious, and I was just looking at the the website. The 2019 uh, uh, inductions or, or official uh, inductees oh, yeah. uh, has not occurred yet. They're still in the in the midst of voting, but I'm looking at yeah, the list what, of. Uh, I don't oh, know exactly when, when that happens. Well, but uh, usually, you you drop that on us sometime during yes. the sometime during yeah. the non sequitur time. Yeah, when when it does officially uh, occur, I will uh, have that for you again. We'll break it down. Exactly. Um, I, I, if I click on the uh, the because there is a fan voting uh, side to this, oh, and it boy. should tell me uh, what what the, the the date is or what the because I surprisingly the, didn't like crap all over the ones this year. Uh, yeah, the uh, the most recent uh, inductees. Yeah, uh, yeah you, but uh, that but that's what made me kind of chuckle. Is I'm looking at the this year's list of potentials, oh. and so there's 15 of them, and 15? I'm. Uh, yeah, then the voting will get. I think five. We'll get it down to oh. five. Okay. So, oh, do, should we? Do we dare try to predict it? That, that I'm, my mouth is kind of dropped at some of these. Like, what? A couple of them I've never heard of, and the okay. ones that I've heard of, I'm like, they're they're nominated, really? Or, um, or, oh, so we kind of figured they're extending themselves a little bit. Yeah, you said that a few years ago. The first time I did that, you're like, really? They let them in? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's getting a little, it's getting a little more uh, weird from what I'm seeing. Uh, so I'm not going to go through. Uh, well, I guess we'll do it a little different this time. Instead of waiting for the five that that officially get inducted, yeah, I'll just reach. I'll just read you the fifteen now, and, and I'll you tell can, you who's in. I'll tell you who's in. I you're going to try to predict who's right in now, live on the air. I will predict. Who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? We should write this down. So you're gonna go? Are you just gonna go yes, no as soon as you hear the name, or you want me to read yeah, all fifteen? Yeah, and if I do, and if I obviously, if I have six yeses, I'll have to cut somebody. So yeah, I'll go yes, no. Okay, here we go. In uh, I believe this is alphabetical. Oh uh, no, it's not really alphabetical. Okay, oh. in in random order. Here we go. Got it. Def Leppard. Yeah, they're in. You don't sound very excited about it, though. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't. I don't like them, but yeah, that, right. that that's. I think that's a first ballot. I don't even know if that's first ballot, but they're in. Devo. No. <laughs> that was very dismissive. Uh, Janet Jackson. Let's come back to that one. Let's hear, let's hear some of the rest. That's, I'm fifty-fifty on that one. That's a maybe. That's a maybe. So but it was that chick that got in last year. We had no the hell idea. At least I know who Janet Jackson is. <laughs> uh, let's see if you've heard of this person because I haven't. John Prine. John Prine. Yeah, yeah, he's a folk guy. Big Chicago guy too. Ah. So uh, uh, there's a lot of Chicago connection there with John Prine. Uh, that. I don't know if that's a rock and roll Hall of Fame. They're so. This was like well, the folk you... music Hall of Fame or something. He'd be like, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. But I know who he is. I do know who John Bryan is. Oh, that's good. Now, if you let NWA in last year or yeah. a couple years so ago. Far I've got, so far, Def Leppard's in. Okay. No, you, you've, you've thrown out the rock and roll definition. If you if you elected the NWA, there's nothing yeah. at all rock and roll about yeah. NWA. So. Didn't they put in Run DMC? Yeah, I think, I think they did. 
But at least they performed with Aerosmith. At least they had a hit song with Aerosmith. That's at least they got that but, much. Yes, but that was a singular. That was one song. I understand. Okay. That's more than NWA. The Hall of Fame isn't the Hall. Of, I had one good hit. I, I you know. Back to the sports Hall of Fame's uh, uh, arguments. <laughs> Run DMC had two tackles in the 1947 <laughs> NFC Championship game. And they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, all right, after John Prine, we have Kraftwerk. Hell no, I don't even know who the hell they are. <laughs> Wait a minute, you've heard of John Prine but not Kraftwerk? I've yeah. heard of Kraftwerk. No idea. They're uh, they're in the same family as Devo, sort of early eighties oh. uh, progressive okay. computer type guys. And well, then Devo's got the head up over them, so because <laughs> at least you've heard of Devo. At least I've heard of them, yeah. All right, LL Cool J. <sighs> Boy, I got a bad feeling he's gonna get in. <laughs> this this is weak. This is really weak. There better be some like really really big names coming here at the back end. Uh, we got nine to go. I don't. Uh, okay. I don't like. Wow. I don't like the chances. This is, this is weak. All right. MC five. Huh? <laughs> Never heard of them either. What the hell? <laughs> I, I like very, very, barely, vaguely heard of okay, them. I'm gonna go with like, no. Okay. I'm go with no. Well, they've come All a right. long way from putting in like the Moody Blues now, huh? <laughs> They moved on to MZ5 and some some other uh, really old time rockers that no one's ever heard of. Man, okay. All right, next Radiohead. Yeah. Radiohead gets in. I'm gonna How say they get in. That you, uh... Two. I'm so far I'm sure about Def Leppard and Radiohead. Oh, huh. And and well, you said you got a bad feeling about LL. So that's is that three? That's two and a half. Okay, and and, I, and and you said Janet get back to it. Yeah. So you know, I got a feeling it's going to come down to Janet and LL Cool J here. All right, next, Rage Against the Machine. Ooh, they might make it in too. That's a big name band. I mean that that. Uh, all right, let's hear a few more. Uh, that that one I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure on. That one is one of the, in the sports hall of fame. That one is uh, very powerful at their peak, but did they last long enough? Cause I didn't. Yeah. The, the Terrell Davis. Yeah. Very, very powerful. Uh, Better than MC five. <laughs> if you like MC five, you really love this one. Roxy music. Uh, no, <laughs> no. What? Yeah, it is. <laughs> how? Okay. How do you? First of all, how do you get nominated? I want to know how you get nominated for this. I'm pretty sure uh, former Hall of Famers uh, send in ballots or, or somehow or, or nominate somebody. I'm pretty sure it comes Names from, get uh, pulled out of a hat. <laughs> pretty sure it's the uh, uh, old Hall of Famers nominate for for the new one. The Veterans Committee. Something like that. Uh, so no on Roxy Music. No. How about how about Rufus featuring Shaka Khan? No. <laughs> Shaka Khan by herself isn't a ri- who the hell's Rufus? <laughs> That's the band that she was with before she became a, a solo act. I, I did 
not know that. <laughs> it's back in the seventies. Doing my Johnny Carson, I uh, did not know I that. Did not know. That. <laughs> <laughs> you learn something new every day. <laughs> um, <laughs> that reaction was priceless. You just, I can see you with your arm, with your hand up in the air, like, no. Like, like why? <laughs> why would I let Rufus in the Hall of Fame with Shaka Khan? Um, so in the family of solo acts breaking off from groups, this is the, uh, not the group, but the solo act of Stevie Nicks. Oh, she'd have a good chance. But again, does she, what does she have a long enough of a solo go? She had some powerful hits as a solo act. Yeah, but at least she had hits. <laughs> All right, how many more do we got? Three. All right, let's hear these three. The Cure. <sighs> okay. All right, what are the other two? <laughs> the Zombies. All right, what's the last one? Todd Rundgren. <laughs> no, I've heard of Todd Rundgren. I, I know, I know you have. But I've at least I've heard, heard of him. him. Yeah. So I, I will go with Def Leppard, Radiohead, Janet over LL Cool J. I don't think right. I think they skip a rapper this year. So I'm gonna go with Janet Jackson. But we covered the diversity, so that's good. Right, the diversity pick has been made. But Janet Jackson actually had songs that were rock-ish. She was pop, but her really? songs had a... She had, you know... She had Black Cat, rock. I'll give you that. Black Cat, Black Cat was... Yeah, that that's a rock song. Um, yeah. But she had hits. She had an extended career. I'm going to give her that one. I'm going to go with Stevie Nicks. And... I'm going to go with The Cure. Because it's five, okay. right? I'm going to go with those uh, five. If I nail I it, I'd be shocked. I believe you're right. If it's five, I'm, I'm going to go with those five. I think those are the, like, that's it's a good mix. Uh, there's other ones I like. I mean, Brian is Hall of Fame worthy, but he's not rock and roll Hall of Fame worthy. Um, so... Yeah, that's again knowing knowing who he is always helps. Um, yeah, it, you know, yeah. So I said, uh, did I say Radiohead was in there? Yeah. yeah, Def Leppard, Radiohead, Janet Jackson, Stevie Nicks, and The Cure. That's that's my choice. Okay, um, I'm having a hard time uh, arguing with that and trying to figure out who I would, if I wanted to yeah, put someone else in. if you were to take in. one of my five out, who would you, you right. know, what would you do? I mean, is it is, is LL Cool J in? But what, uh, 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 he's, he's probably he as about... Because people know who he is now? Because is he on, he's on TV now, right? Yeah, he's he's been on TV, but yeah. uh, he's just hit-making He's on one rappers. of the... Yeah, let's pick, let's just pick a rapper. Yeah, he's probably close to as worthy as Run DMC and NWA. If you talk about hit making rappers, he's probably right about that same level. So it's hard to say that he's not a Hall of Famer if NWA is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not. Well, I don't know if I don't know if this is once you you know get nominated and you don't get in that you can never get in. 
and now that's like right. no, crap no. that you can never get in. I don't know. No, but definitely I, I not to, because I, uh, yeah. for each act they have a number of nominations, so it is, you can definitely get nominated more than once. For instance, Hello Cool J, this is his fifth nomination. Yeah. So okay. Uh, yeah. No. And I don't know how many of those five that I picked, if you could see how many times they've been nominated, I, I don't know. Yeah, I've got it for, for all of them. Okay. Uh, this is Radiohead's second nomination. Uh, who else did you okay. pick? The Cure? This is their Def- second nomination. Okay. Def Leppard. This is, uh, Def Leppard is, uh, this is their first. So, oh, Stevie I'm the Nicks. first ballot Hall of Famers, Def Leppard. Stevie, uh, Stevie Nicks' uh, first nomination as well. Okay. And, That's a uh, tricky one, uh, Janet Jackson. Her third. Okay. Um, Stevie Nicks is tricky because do you put in a solo artist when the band is in? I would assume Fleetwood Mac is in. Yeah, there's probably a lot of uh, situations you know, that that's happened like that because so many right. solo acts started with great bands before and wound up yeah becoming big themselves. She she did some stuff solo. But I have such a hard time separating her from the band. Right. Like, was that her or was that the band? So yeah, I, I do have trouble with that. And I guess if I have trouble with that, that might be that might be the one I'm worried about right here because of the connection to being in already. I would assume with Fleetwood Mac because Fleetwood Mac's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, but some of these other people. Yeah, I, I mean, not that I like. I'm not a Fleetwood Mac fan. But I recognize that they're perfect Hall of Fame type material. That's not always a compliment. I, I think I agree with all of that. That it's just tough to separate the solo act yeah. from the group. And like I was saying with her, her solo career was powerful when she sure. released her, her singles. But how long really was it? Where you know how many years are we really talking with, with yeah. solo shots? Um, and I don't I, remember anything after Stand Back in like 85 or so, so I don't know. <laughs> and I'm having issues, that's the issue I'm having, is just remembering like the contribution, you know, like what songs, yeah, you named like the one. <laughs> the big one, right. The big one. But like, we've we've done this show many times where you've mentioned off the five and, and they basically had like one hit. Yeah. Or we just get the who, not the who, and they're in. I'm, I'm talking like where one of us, you tell me who it is, I just go, who? who like MC5, for instance. Yeah, there were a couple in there where that's like, you know, and I don't, if they, if they separated this out by genres or they had like a veteran type committee or it was like, you know, okay, here, we're going to pull somebody from each era. We're going to pull somebody from the oldies era. And then we're going to pull some, you know, we're going to go, we'll pick somebody that's alternative. We're going to, you know, we're going to go more that way so that everybody kind of gets represented. Um, Cause that group is, it's definitely an eclectic mix there and everybody's kind of got a, you know, a finger in the pot, but yeah, I tried to go alternative. I tried to go rock uh, a little more pop. So I, I tried to go. I tried to spread that out a little bit. Now, does it do something to the metrics about uh, what year they're eligible? Because I they also have that, and I find that kind of interesting. Uh, I don't uh, know as how we, that works. As I think we discovered a few years ago when we were trying to figure that out, that uh, all you have to do to be eligible is to have 
released your first uh, professional attempt at recording 25 years ago. After 25 years, you're eligible to be nominated, I believe. I think that's all it takes. So, for instance, John Prine first got eligible in 1996. However, this is his first time being wow. nominated. So it took that much of a, of a career for someone to say, hey, this guy should be nominated for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I feel like that 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 that's just not a a rock and roll hall of fame type guy. Like I said, it's folk music. It, it it's country folk, not country. You know, very hard to just. It's like Jimmy Buffett without any rock <laughs> element <laughs> to it at all. It's it, it's it's lyricist, you know, singer songwriter type thing, you know, where it's, um, yeah, I guess that would be the the sort of the genre, you know, that I would lump him into, you know, right, and that just doesn't yeah. it just doesn't scream rock and roll Hall of Fame to me. I would not be blown away if you read off who's in when it gets to that point and he's on there because it's like okay, somebody someone's digging deep. Um, now the but, cure, yeah. which you also said is in, they first yeah, not a pick, bold. not a yeah, it's not a pick I made out of any fandom or anything. I'm not a fan of theirs, but they, they they've been around. They I think that's one of those where they 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 had the body of work. I'm not a big fan of theirs, but they they, they feel like somebody that you'd throw into that type of place. They first got eligible in 2004, yet this is only their second nomination. They were okay. put up once in 2012 and all the way back, you know, seven years ago. And now in 2019, they've been seen fit to be uh, nominated again. I don't know sure. how that works either. Yeah, I wish I knew. Yeah. Um, let me see here. I just want to. I want to see now. If, uh, let's see. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2012. I want to see who got in. Okay. In 2012, because we were talking, we didn't have a show back then. Who beat out did. The Cure maybe in 2012? Or maybe we did. So let's see. Uh, here's who beat out The Cure. Uh, Guns N' Roses. Oh, all right, okay. I'll give you that. Sure. Um, the Faces. Uh-huh. That's Rod Stewart. I, that, that, that was, that's a band. I, I, Donovan. Oh, that's oldies. Um <laughs> The Beastie Boys, okay, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So the faces uh, over oh, the cure. Yeah. They put in the faces and Laura Nairo. Oh, that must They're be like a sick. song songwriter, uh, songwriter. Or something like yeah, that. Known yeah, no more for her songs than her performances. Yeah, that's a compliment <laughs> if I ever heard one. <laughs> Well, they're trying to recognize her contribution, which wasn't okay. her singing. Yes, but uh, greatly impacting the songwriting of artists such as Todd Rundgren. Oh, my God. Um, hey, it all comes so, back full circle. So if that gets – all right, then I, I guess I'd put that John Prine asterisk there. <laughs> as if they're going to let in a sixth person sort of in like an influential category, I I, I surprisingly I, I wouldn't unsurprisingly think that he has the ability if Laura Nairo could get it. 
this all started because I was looking on the page to see what what the deadline is to put in your fan yeah. votes here, and I and actually oh. don't see it on the page, so I don't know oh, okay. when this 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 well, made official. Well, it'll be interesting now because when we actually do the show, we'll get to compare my picks to what actually who actually goes in, so that without that we have a little fun with it. This has been about the most in-depth Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominee show you could ever hear, and we are not even a music podcast, so you really got a bonus tonight. <laughs> no research. None. No. I mean, when you called out some of those bands, I was like, what, who? Why? Who? No. No. <laughs> but I did even up with Shaka Khan? No. But, but I can go back, and you can look at each year, and kind of like as we've done this, and you can see that they're not doing like the five most obvious choices that they're, they're trying to get some bread, you know, and, and they're trying to represent everybody. And so I don't know if that's the way you do a hall of fame. I don't know, but isn't that what they've been doing for the Oscars uh, all these years is not the most popular movie, but the movies that they feel uh, provides the most breadth or the most uh, impactful movie making experience or something. I don't know. Yeah, and then that's gotten to be more lately. You know, big movies don't seem to win the big Oscars anymore. Now it's got to be like the statement movie or, you know, a politically charged movie. It doesn't even seem like it's just like a, like a really good movie wins it anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like the best movie. So we'll see. It's been a while. And not even the Oscar bait movies, not even these movies coming out now or or, uh, in January, not January, but like right around now is when all these Oscar bait movies come out and they've been trying to be even, uh, even more squirrely about it and, and, and giving the Oscar to some movie that came out in April that nobody ever heard of or something like that. So they're, they're trying to even ignore the Oscar, the obvious Oscar bait movies. Yeah, well, it doesn't help that for a lot of the years that a lot of those Oscar bait movies were uh, were Weinstein movies. <laughs> so, well, you know, just saying. <laughs> oh, there's gonna still gonna be some books and movies about that whole situation. Uh, how old uh, do we have to be before there's a movie that wins an Oscar and the movie is about the Harvey Weinstein experience and recovering from that? And oh. <laughs> Proving how you can rise above and hashtag me too and all that. Yeah, because that would be Hollywood just sucking itself, right? Completely filleting itself. Look yeah. at how we rose above <laughs> the Harvey Weinstein thing that we all saw happening and did nothing about. We, we rose so far above it that we're going to make a movie about it, then give ourselves an award for it just to show all you guys that you just are not on our level at all. And the whole house will be crying and and talking about how much oh, yeah. how they'll all be standing really up. Is. Oh yeah, it's going yeah. to be it's going to be sickening. It's going to yeah. happen though. It's going to happen before we die. It may take a while, but it's going to happen. I, I don't know. There's no there's no shelf life on this stuff anymore where they let things breathe. You think it's going to happen sooner than later? I'd say within a decade. Ooh, I was going twenty or thirty years, but you I you may be know. right about it. Uh, yeah, it's got to be in the short attention span theater that goes on now. Um, and that was a big enough story, and you know you got to then you got to also be able to cast some of the people who had happened to while they could still act for themselves. You know, so make them relive it. I mean, right. we're going full cynicism here. 
I, I I see that side of it, but I yeah. guess on the ca- the counter side, I think there's so many people in the industry that are still affected by it that are still in positions of power that I don't think they'll let the movie happen that soon because oh, they're still okay. sort of fighting for their own uh, uh, yeah. legacies and whatnot. I mean, and there could be there could be like a much more direct approach to doing it versus doing it as like a big Hollywood thing where it could be like a documentary. You could definitely do a deep dive, you know, two hour documentary that ends up on like HBO or something and then just wins an Emmy, which is just another ah. way that you can self yeah, see, so you could go that way or it ends up on Netflix or Amazon because nothing on regular T V wins awards anymore, right? Don't all the all the best shows are on Amazon Prime or Netflix now. Right. And then the, the biopics the yeah, biopic the bio that picking. does win the Oscar later will be based on the documentary, so it'll give right. uh, the full credit and all that. So it'll all be uh, full circle. Yeah, and in 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 a career sort of redefining uh, tour de force, they'll they'll somehow get Kevin Spacey to play Harvey Weinstein and wrap it all right up in a bow. If you're gonna do that, then just go all the way and and have Harvey Weinstein play himself. Play himself. If you're gonna do that. Oh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> We're gonna go that far. But that's, Hollywood's like not a place that I could. Oh man, it, it's been so exposed. It's so hypocritical, you know. That 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 you could just it, it's like even the obvious stuff now. Like we're predicting something and laughing at it. It's going to happen. It may actually happen. Actually, yeah. what I think, what I could see happening is Harvey Weinstein uh, opens his own uh, studio again in ten years and creates oh. the movie and plays himself that tells it from his side of the story that justifies the, the casting couch and everything that he did. Oh that boy. I what was the title of the movie going to be? They had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> they should have seen it coming. Yes. Uh, probably <laughs> something like that. The, the real Harvey. Not the full Monty. That's a different movie. The real, the real Harvey. Yeah, it, yeah. No, it, yeah. It's, it's sad that we could make these jokes, but but there's some element of truth to to some of this stuff, which is really the that's the sad part is that it's not all jokes. Uh, there's always an element of truth to, to 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 these to these jokes. We have to laugh to keep from crying. That is true. So. Oh man, so yeah, now I can't see outside anymore, but it was snowing pretty good. Yeah, we we just had a lot of rain over the last day or two oh. uh, down here, just heavy rain on and off. Yeah, this is the first. This is the first one for us where I mean, we've had like an inch here, an inch there. You know, this is the first one where we're supposed to get you know four or five inches of snow. So it'll be interesting to see how much there is out there in the morning when I get up. Yeah, so I, that's what I was wondering about uh, up there near you. Was uh, I saw the weather report uh, about possible snow uh, for the game tomorrow. So I was wondering how bad it was, and you're, you're saying it was pretty bad, but it's, it's tapering off or should be stopping by the by the time the game starts tomorrow. I would expect so. Is it, is it, are you really worried about this one? This is something you know. You need to switch that pick back. You're coming back my way. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change my picks. I gotta stick with my initial. Uh, my my initial reactions. They've been my initial reactions. have been doing me well this year, so I'm gonna stick with that. But I, I can definitely say I'm worried about that that game. 
Ah, okay, yeah, looks like they're calling for the heaviest stuff here to be done by about 8 a.m. with lingering snow showers into the early afternoon. If that gives you... Sounds like slushy snow. Oh, it it is. It's slushy snow. It's snowball snow. It's heart attack snow. In fact, it says here, (laughs) slushy and slippery road conditions have already been reported within the system. Uh, Wind gusts as high as 35 miles an hour. That's uh, that's, that's heavy winds, too. Um, You probably feel the same about me about the different kinds of snow, which is I'd rather have 10 degrees and hard-packed snow than the the thirty degree slushy wet heavy shit that that's just ugh that that's just a mess. It is messy on your clothes and messy on your shoes. Every step you take <laughs> yeah. splatters the snow into your pants. Uh, and you got to take them immediately to the dry cleaner right after you you're, you're done using them. It's just it is is terrible. Yeah. No. It. I'm just so I'm so used to snow now. You, you've been away from it for a while. I'm, I'm so used to it. it it's I, I don't like the I, I think I like the it's easier to drive in the slushy stuff. Okay. The really light stuff that blows all over the place because that's the stuff. that's like as soon as the wind blows, doesn't matter if they've plowed, it just blows right across the road. You can't see the road anymore. Right. I'd almost prefer the slushy stuff where you can actually like see tracks like where cars were driving. As long as those cars weren't driving off the road and you're following the tracks, are okay. You don't want to do that. Follow the tracks as long as they don't like escape the highway and you know end up in right. a riverbank somewhere. No, you're right. I, I'm going off of the memory of a, of a pedestrian uh, living up in the yeah, Midwest because I never. Yeah, driving in the driving in like this right now. At least if you're driving in snow where it's right around near freezing. You don't get that real hard freeze under everything. You know, where some of the worst ones where you get four or five inches of snow in weather like this, then the big cold front hits and then it's 10 degrees the next day and everything just turns to a blanket of ice. Yeah, that's, so I, I, yeah. that's how you die is when yeah. everything just turns to a blanket of ice. Yeah, I, I, ice is the big equalizer up here. I, I, most people around here can drive in snow. Stuff gets really crazy when it's ice because you know you can't stop your car and people. I've, I've seen people just lose control. I remember driving home from work when I worked here in town, over the bridge, over the river, and it, I was in my I had my town car, my Lincoln town car, my, my gangster car, and I get up to the <laughs> top of the bridge. And there's me and about three other cars on the bridge, and all of a sudden, all four of the cars, me and the three other cars on the bridge, just start this like very slow slide down the bridge and it's like cars are turning sideways and and nobody's can accelerate so everybody's basically just sitting there and it's like slow motion yeah down this bridge and the miraculous part of all this was nobody hit each other that is miraculous like everybody got down everybody slid down to the bottom of the bridge and just kind of like straightened up and went on their way but it it was getting close where you're just like kind of right in the ice towards other cars like it was going to be a pinball um that's way worse than driving in snow oh yeah yeah no doubt i've I've seen many uh videos of the pig trying to drive on ice and just people just spinning and Smashing into things and there's no control whatsoever. Yeah, yeah that's the, yeah, uh, the one time that I banged my head was because of ice down here uh, driving. So that, oh, yeah. that's the only time I've uh, had anything close to hitting anything was turning into work and hit the curb and bump my head. 
and it's relatively flat around here, so it's not like I'm living in some of these places with crazy hills and ice. Oh um, yeah, which I just I don't know how people do that. I was up in Duluth. That's my, Duluth, Minnesota. I don't, I don't think you've, I don't know if you've ever been up that far. Oh um, hell no. That is up there. Uh, that was where I had to go to for my mom when she had her surgery. So I was up there. And you want to talk about a city where you don't want there to ever be an ice storm because it's built right along the shore of Lake Superior, and it's just it's like the whole town goes sideways up the mountain. Wow. It's just one block above the next, above the next, above the next, all the way down to the waterfront. I mean, you basically are going straight down a street. It evens out for the next street. Then you go straight down to the next street. I mean, if it's icy all the way, you just basically, I don't think you'd stop all the way from the top of the hill down to the the lake. That's nightmare fuel right there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Have a good night. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) My dreams are guaranteed to be uh, comprised of sliding down a mountain with no way to stop yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Drive. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and right into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. It's, I haven't had to deal with uh, anything like that, but uh, as we always talk about down here uh, in the Mid-South, when they do get the slightest bit of well, wintery type weather, they just kind of lose yeah. their shit because they don't know how to deal with oh, it. Oh, I know. I know. I remember driving down uh, – I forget what we were driving down there for, but we were driving down there and we were coming to see you because we were stopping in Memphis on our way somewhere, maybe my grandpa's. or We were, we were going somewhere, and uh, – we it's it was snowing down there when we got down there. It wasn't even sticking and nobody knew how to drive. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean there was no ice, basically just snow flurries in the air. Like there were snowflakes in the air and it was just you you would have thought that you know, visibility was zero and there were six inches of snow on the ground. And it was like 35 degrees and everybody was bundled up like they lived in <laughs> Siberia. <laughs> Believe me, I know. The uh, the night that the bowling league got canceled down here because the bowling alley shut down because it was snowing, you would have thought that it was, you know, six feet of snow. And it, was, it wasn't even sticking to the ground. It was so light. But people were just so afraid. So they, the bowling alley just shut down. They just... It wasn't that the league canceled or anything. It was that the bowling alley closed at like five in the afternoon. <laughs> that was just, so they just, just a couple had of weeks to, ago, right? Right. Just they That's just had nuts. to. It is. It really is. We we I, and then the snow was completely gone the next day. It takes a lot for anything to close around here. I mean, we had two blizzards back to back this last April. I remember talking about them, and our work, my work, closed. And it was only after we had gotten like 22 inches of snow. <laughs> and then they didn't even close immediately. That was one where they tried to open up. And then two hours later decided it wasn't worth it. It's not worth it. it pretty much, yeah, pretty much my boss, because uh, we both drive from here to where we work, he was coming to pick me up. And he's like, yeah, I'm on my way to pick you up. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to work. Are you crazy? <laughs> No, no. Say, well, well, we still gotta try to go. I'm, this is my yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna die. I, I like my job, but can't work if I'm dead. You know, I'm not going to work. Well, I'm 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 on my way. So I'm ready to go. If you want to go, I'm gonna let you decide. But I'll I'll be ready. 
So he lived at the time he lived ten minutes away from me, right? Yeah. Called me twenty five minutes later. It was like, yeah, I'm not even halfway to your house yet. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going back home. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good plan. Turn around. It's not worth it. It's not it. worth it. That's right. But yeah, so somebody who lived 10 minutes from me spent almost half an hour driving to only get halfway to my house. And then thought they were going to pick me up and drive 40 miles to my job. Y'all would have got there by like 2 in the afternoon. We would have closed already. Right. Because two and a half hours later, the place was shut down. Yeah. So by the time we got there, it would have been locked the door. Oh, that would have been, yeah, no, that was, that was the one that pushed me over the edge. I was like, there's no way. I have my, that Trini was holding on to my leg, begging me not to go to work because she didn't want me to die. Jeez. That's not easy when you got your kid doing that. Sure. Like you got your kids crying because they think daddy's going to go out in the blizzard and get murdered by the snowstorm or end up in a ditch. (laughs) So ended up not having to work that day. That was good. That's good. Yes. So yeah. So I, I'm guessing I, I, we'll, we'll we'll plan for Tuesday. I guess we always plan for Tuesday. We always plan for Tuesday. We always then, plan for Tuesday, and then something like life happens, and then it ends up being Wednesday, yeah. and then not for sure Friday. So I know we're doing Friday this week because you already told me that. So I'm ready. I'll be ready to go for Tuesday, Friday, as long as nothing gets in the way. Um, and I'm working on Wednesday all day, so that's not my normal work schedule. So I think it, it definitely is easier for me to do Tuesday than have to work all day on Wednesday and then get home at 9.15 and then try to do the show on Wednesday night. So yeah. blame for Tuesday. That's always the goal. We certainly want to try for Tuesday. Uh, we always try for Tuesday, and like you said, we wind up having – I've had to do more Wednesday shows than Tuesday this year just because one of us will text the other and say, I'm tired as fuck, and we got to do the show Wednesday. <laughs> and that's just the way it yeah. is. I'm off Monday and Tuesday, so don't really have anything major going on that should prevent me from, from doing the show. Well, I work Monday and Tuesday, and we're busy this week because it's the first week of the month, and so I probably will be Tire Tuesday, but still, I'd much rather would do it then than do it Wednesday after bowling because I'm really yeah. tired then. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's aim for that. All right, we're aiming to come back Tuesday at 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern to recap Week 13 in the NFL, which has us differing, not counting Thursday, on seven games tomorrow and Monday. Uh, and I was feeling good about him at the beginning of the, of the picks because Jason and I were agreeing with a lot of them, but we started breaking down later on. So that's, what's worrying me. The, the late afternoon games tomorrow, I'm going to be kind of biting my fingernails, especially uh, when Murga comes on. Cause I can't believe I, not only did I pick Murga, but I locked them up. I do not believe I did that, but we'll see how that I'm all works my, out. I'm literally sitting here shaking my head. As you said, that's like, man, you're doing your Shaka Khan reaction. Like, no, <laughs> No, no. To I'm sending no, you that hat. <laughs> Make Raiders great again. <laughs> it's going to have the font and everything. It'll be silver lettering on a black hat. I'll be glad to wear it proudly if they give me this one win tomorrow. 
<laughs> he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we will come back to you Tuesday night. At least that's what we're aiming for uh, to pick uh, or to recap the rest of Week 13 and to pick the Thursday night game for next week to start Week 14 as the NFL season just keeps rolling along like an express train. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.